It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 431 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, December 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. we got all 32 NFL teams covered as well. We've got Locked On Fantasy Football. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've got Locked On NBA, the national show, daily across the network. We've also got Locked On NFL daily as well with great contributors on both sides from Sam Amick to Ben Golliver to Sage Rosenfels to Mike Sando. Lots of stuff going on on the network, so make sure you're checking it all out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, if you find Locked On Raptors, please do that. It's the most easy and best way you can help support the show. Just leaving one of those little ratings or reviews goes a long way towards rankings and algorithms and making me feel good about myself. So thank you very much for doing that. Uh, all right, let's get to today's show. I am in the depths of Scotiabank Arena slash the ACC to uh, break down the Raptors and Sixers. The Raptors just beat the Sixers 113-102 at the ACC on Thursday night or Wednesday night. What the hell day is it? It's, 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 you're hearing this Thursday. It happened on Wednesday, whatever. Uh, I'm joined on today's podcast by a locked-on host in person. It's Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia News. He's here in town, obviously, covering the Sixers. He does a great job covering the Sixers for the Philly News, and uh, we had a nice little chat after the game. Apologies if the audio is a little bit echoey because we are in, of course, the arena, and it's a little bit weird, but uh, we had a good chat 20 minutes or so about the game, so I'll just get to it now. Myself and Keith Pompey of Locked On Sixers and the Philly News. So enjoy the conversation. We will talk to you next time on Locked On Raptors. Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? 
Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, welcome to a live Locked On crossover podcast with myself, Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors, and Keith Pompey of Locked On Sixers here in Toronto covering Raptors Sixers. The Raptors just came away with a 113-102 win over the Sixers to move to 21-5. The Sixers moved to 17-9, third place in the Eastern Conference now with Milwaukee winning tonight. Uh, this was a fun game, back and forth for most of it until the Raptors pulled away in the fourth quarter with their bench unit out there. But before that, you know, right back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, the Raptors, you know, were down a little bit early, came back, and then you know, the, the Sixers briefly took a 74-73 lead in the third quarter and then never saw the lead after that. What, I guess, Keith, was your biggest takeaway from this game in general? Joel Embiid, maybe that's the guy. He was only 5-17 tonight. Uh, but I don't know, what was your sort of biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway was um, Kawhi Leonard is an MVP candidate. That's number one. And number two is, from the Sixers' standpoint, they still need have some work to do. Yeah. Like, you look at Jimmy Butler. You know, Jimmy Butler came to play. He had 38 points. But Ben Simmons had seven turnovers. Yeah. He has 18 total in two games against the Raptors. And Joel Embiid had his second-worst shooting performance of the season, going mm-hmm. five for 17. Yeah. So... In order for the 76ers to say that they're in the Raptors class and to say that they have three of the top 20 players in Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Jimmy Butler, well, two of them, they got to come to play. Yeah. And they just didn't come to play against the best team in the league. Yeah, and like I think the, the transition's been kind of smooth for them so far compared to what I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. right? Like I thought it was going to be a lot of sort of his turn, my turn type of thing back and forth. And that hasn't been the case really, but I think that was kind of there tonight. And Jimmy obviously was, was really, really good. And it, mm-hmm. it kind of, he, he warranted taking over and taking 27 shots in this one. But, you know, when Embiid was in there, it just kind of felt like they were never really, he wasn't really the focal point in the way that he normally kind of is. He was 5 of 17, 10 points, 12 boards, 5 assists, minus 23 overall, team worst in that regard. What do you think was the reason for Embiid struggles tonight? Was it just like him having one of those games, or did the Raptors do something in your eyes to really slow him down? You know, it it seems like the last three games, Embiid just struggled. I mean, he's been 14 for 42 Mm -hmm. over a three-game stretch. You know, he was 5 for 12, 4 for 13, and the night he was 5 for 17. Um, I also think that he struggles a lot of times against European players yeah, yeah. who don't really engage in the in the trash talking back yeah, yeah, and forth. Yeah. And I think they come at him. Um, now, also, Embiid has been hampered by a, a sore hand. Mm-hmm. He's not going to use that as an excuse. Yeah. But it just seems like these past three games, he's just been out of it. Yeah. Now, another thing I will say is that his usage rate is extremely high. I mean, he's playing more minutes than he has at all. I mean, all throughout his career. You know, he's been injured most of the time. So he looks to me like a guy that's tired. Yeah. You know, he looks like worn down. And there was a time when the 76ers said they were going to give him a rest, Mm -hmm. give him a day off. 
and I think that they may have to do that pretty soon. Yeah, and you know when that happens, I think the lack of depth, which has already kind of been exposed a little bit so far this year with the Sixers, is just going to kind of become even more so. I mean, the, the with behind Embiid, Simmons, and Butler, especially tonight, like the bench was not particularly good. Mike Muscala six points, one of four. Landry Shamit uh, six points, two of six. T.J. McConnell was okay, but he had five turnovers as well, to go along with his six and five, or sorry, six points and two. Five steals, sorry, and two assists. And then Furkan Korkmaz only played seven minutes. And then after, I think, Kawhi Leonard posted him up and scored on him with, like, incredible ease. That was the last we saw of Furkan Korkmaz tonight. Mm-hmm. So I almost wonder if it's just, like, they can't rest Embiid right now just because there's not enough horses there. I mean, you have Amir Johnson. He's kind of past it at this point, just kind of being there to be the nice bench guy. Shows to Amir Johnson here in Toronto. We love him here. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> just, the, it, just the depth is not really there to be able to sort of, you know, withstand any time with Embiid not on the court. And, you know, I, I guess it's kind of a, a catch-22, right? Because you rest them for one game, and you're sitting there like, oh, we don't have anything for this individual game. Or you keep playing them, and then maybe he's out for longer term just with with, with whatever happens to go on. So, I mean, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, go ahead, yeah. But, but I just want to, yeah, you, you're right. Because if you look at the Sixers' next games, next couple games, they have Detroit yeah. on Friday at Detroit. Then they place, excuse me, they host Detroit on the 10th at home, mm-hmm. which is Monday. Then they have Brooklyn. Uh, you could think about that, but Brooklyn gives the Sixers fits. That's on a back-to-back too. So well, yeah, yeah. It's, and then it's not. And well, then, it's not, then, a, not back-to-back. a back-to-back. It's on the twelve. Yeah, it's on the twelve. Then after that, you have Indiana, and then Cleveland and and San Antonio are yeah. back-to-back. Now, you will say, okay, maybe I can, I can rest them against Cleveland, but other than that, I, I think you have to go with them. Yeah. I mean, and just hope and pray that, you know right before the Christmas break that you can get a day and just sit them out. But, yeah, yeah you're right. They need them right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're they're battling Milwaukee. They're right in front of Detroit. And we're talking about for, like, battling Milwaukee for the second seed. Detroit is fourth right behind them. Yeah, he has to play, but they need to rest them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's not an easy sort of situation for Brett Brown to navigate right now. But, you know, in fairness – it wasn't just Embiid struggling tonight. I thought Jonas Valanciunas was fantastic. He played just 18 minutes, had 26 points in those 18 minutes, eight boards as well. Kind of struggled early on, I thought. Um, and Embiid, I thought, was kind of given... You know, the Raptors were, like, scared of Embiid early on defensively. Like, you could see it. They were kind of, you know, minding their business and, and not really going into the paint to try to attack the rim. And then Nick Nurse said in the post game, like, yeah, at halftime, we were, like, a little too scared of that. And I told these guys to just go at him. And then, you know, Valanciunas was a big beneficiary of that. And I thought he played really well. And he was part of that bench unit at the start of the fourth quarter for the Raptors that it's kind of been – it was a bit rejiggered. And instead of having just, like, the five bench guys with C.J. Miles, OG Ananobi, uh, Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, and Fred Van Vliet, which mm-hmm. has been the typical bench unit so far, they put Pascal Siakam at first in place of C.J. Miles and then in place of OG Ananobi. And with that unit, this, the, the Raptors pulled it away. They, that was where the game was broken open by the, but that lineup against lineups that featured either one of or all three of the Sixers' big three, which was uh, that's just kind of the turning point of the mm-hmm. game, right? Once the Raptors started, starters came back in, there was just no catching up for the Sixers. Um, and Valanciunas was fantastic in those minutes, and he's kind of done a pretty good job against Embiid throughout his entire career. So maybe this is just a continuation of that, and maybe he took advantage of a tired Embiid or whatever mm-hmm. it was, but I thought he was great there. What did you see from that bench unit as they kind of took over at the start of the fourth there? Yeah, I mean, to me, like, I agree with you. That was the key. Yeah. I mean, because I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wow. Kawhi isn't even in there. Yeah. Wow, Kyle Lowry's not in there. And you look at the Sixers, 
I mean, you know, they fought back. Um, T.J. McConnell tied it up at 81-all, and then the Raptors just scored like nine straight. Yeah. And then next thing you know, Kawhi comes in, and it turns into the Kawhi Leonard show, and I believe they <laughs> go up like 13, yeah. like when he had that dunk. Um, like when he drove the lane and Jimmy Butler was in the paint and he dunked on him. You yeah. remember that play? Oh, just sure do. Yeah, you sure do. <laughs> so I, I, right then and there, I'm like, that's when I start saying, okay, they won this. Let me start writing the, the win story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just look at the Raptors and I, and I look at their bench. Yeah. And I look at, you know, Kyle Lowry. He's a guy, since he's from Philadelphia, you know, I followed his career since he was in high school. Yeah. And he's always been, like, a scoring point guard. Yeah. And now you look at him, he and he always seems like he burnt himself out in the regular season. Yeah. Right, playoff. And for the playoffs. Now you look at it, and this team, all the role players are playing so well that he's more of a distributor. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it, and they're on the bench, and you look at Fred Van Bleep and the rest of them. I mean, this is just a solid unit. I mean, this is a deeper team than people are giving them credit for. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, and I thought a couple adjustments for that bench unit in the fourth quarter were kind of the difference. One, mm-hmm. DeLon Wright was playing on the ball a lot more, Fred Van Vliet playing away from the ball. Neither of them had particularly huge stat nights. DeLon only had two points, but the two points came on a you know just beautiful reverse layup after a really great drive to the rim. Uh, but that lineup when Fred's off the ball and DeLon has the ball in his hands, it's just so much better spaced. And then Pascal Siakam is just like a ridiculous playmaker at this point. That's three straight games for him with five or more assists. He had six tonight. And and not his best offensive game, just six points on three of eight. And the Sixers were sending a lot of attention his way, doubling him at times when he was going baseline. And he was finding guys. There were a couple times where he found Jonas Valanciunas just screaming down the lane for a dunk. And that, I thought, was a huge thing. And just having his playmaking in addition to DeLon on the ball is kind of a, was a big difference for that unit, which at times can get a little bit a little bit sticky and a little bit sort of you know iffy in the half court. So the, nice adjustments there. Not sure if we'll see it every game going forward, but at least Nick Nurse now knows like, hey, maybe that's a lineup I can trust going forward uh, to sort of mitigate some of the bench issues the Raptors have had. We should probably talk a little bit about Kawhi Leonard. We haven't really touched on him that much aside from talking about his dunk. He had 36 points tonight, 13 of 24, 5 of 6 from deep. He had 5 steals, 9 boards, and obviously we talked about Ben Simmons having 7 turnovers. A lot of that's Kawhi. Kawhi spent most of his time in this game guarding Ben Simmons. like, what do you even say about Kawhi at this point? I mean, he's kind of on a run here. I think he's over 30 or over 20 in five of his last six games. He's always had the Warriors game last week. His shooting's coming around five of six from deep tonight after you know a pretty rough stretch from three for him. He was one of seven in the last game for the Raptors against the Nuggets on Monday. 
He, he bounced back. His three-point percentage goes from 33 up to north of 36 just with this one performance tonight. Uh, like, it, what do you have to say about him? Like, he was he's fantastic. A big game. Yeah. He's, a, yeah, he's fantastic. He's also a big game player. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that's like a, a cliche that people use, but when you think of Kawhi, yeah. he always shows up in yeah. the clutch. Yeah. I mean, this was a game, and you think about it, you know, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard is the guy that the Sixers wanted. Mm -hmm. I mean, they really wanted Kawhi Leonard. They wanted to trade for him. They couldn't get him. To rent. The Raptors got him, so they go out and they get Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Right? Well, Kawhi proved that he he showed why the Sixers wanted him. I mean, defensively, he's a solid two-way player, like you said. He forced Ben Simmons to have, like, seven turnovers. Offensively, I don't care who you put on him. Mm -hmm. They even had Jimmy Butler on him at times. Yeah. He was still getting wherever he wanted to on the floor. Mm -hmm. And the stat, like you said, that really stands out to me is five for six on threes. Mm -hmm. Five for six. And, like, yes, he did take 24 shots, but it didn't seem like any of them were forced. Yeah. It was like they were just going through them. And then the five turnovers, I mean, excuse me, five steals. I mean, this is guy, this guy is, 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 is phenomenal. Now, again, you know, I know a lot of people were upset when DeMar DeRozan, like, they made that trade. Yeah. You know, and I, and I get it. I understand it. He's an all-star. You know, he, he wanted to be here. But when you can get Kawhi Leonard, he, to me personally, is the reason why this team is number one in the NBA. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not a joke. And, and, and it's just, he's, you know, I could go on and, and talk about him on and on and on and on and on. Now, I don't get to see him play as much as you do. Yeah. But all I can say is the two games that he played against the Sixers, <laughs> it looked like he's an all-star. I yeah. mean, not all-star, an MVP candidate. Yeah, he's you know, like, strong. Yeah, I don't know what he's at in terms of just, like, his overall fitness or whatever, whether it's 85, 90, 95, but, man... It looked pretty close to 100 tonight, and he had those two dunks that, like, one was, like, almost with a free throw line on a fast break, and it's like, okay, like, this dude's back, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting if you're a Raptors fan, for sure. Um, and, yeah, just as far as this matchup goes, the Raptors just kind of have the horses, I think, right now, as the Sixers are currently constructed, to kind of go against the Sixers team and give them problems, right? It's just, like, they can, like, Pascal Siakam spent most of the night until he got foul trouble guarding Jimmy Butler, and that worked. I mean, Butler had his way. He had 38 points, but like at least Siakam's a guy you can throw on there and kind of have some success. You can throw Danny Green on Jimmy Butler if you want to. Like they just have a lot of guys. And, you know, there, there was a lot of talk coming into this game. Like, oh, who? You know, against the uh, the Sixers the first time around, Kawhi Leonard guarded Simmons fantastically, but there was no Jimmy Butler to worry about. When the Raptors played the Wolves, also with Butler on the team before, he guarded. Butler and had a really good game against him as well so it was kind of like okay who is Kawhi going to draw tonight and how does that sort of affect the domino effect of who's guarding whoever else and you know you throw Kawhi on Simmons that sort of cuts the the source of a lot of the Sixers offense off at the off at the tap yeah and then you kind of let it all sort of trickle out from that and I thought you know Siakam again could have done a better job on Butler I suppose considering Butler went off but again the foul trouble I thought Siakam got very very sort of passive defensively later in the game there was a couple times where he was the help defender I think I beat blue by Valanciunas at one point and Siakam was right there he could have gone vertical but was like no nah, I got four fouls go ahead and dunk at Joel <laughs> have fun um, so maybe the, not the best sort of you know circumstance or context to judge Siakam's defense in for this one but 
I just the the rest of the starting five for the Sixers outside of the big three. I mean, Redick was nice tonight. He had 25 points, kind of a quiet 25 points. I'm actually shocked to look at that on the on the stat sheet right now. But Wilson Chandler just one of six, only hit one three, I believe, in the first quarter, and that was it for him. Uh, this Sixers team just needs some guys. Is there any sort of talk of who they might be after right now, or like what I mean, the what the sort of plan is here? You know, right now, I mean, of course, a lot of it is contingent on Markel folks. Yeah. Um, you know, I can see them, the 76ers, going after, um, you know, going after, like, a, a 3 and D type of guy. Yeah, Trevor Ariza. Yeah, something Trevor Ariza. Like that, yeah. That's the guy I was about to say, like, for Phoenix. Like, he's a guy, like, if you look at Wilson Chandler, mm -hmm. you know, Wilson Chandler is a 3 to who they have playing the 4. Mm -hmm. You know, and Wilson, and if you look at their bench, their bench didn't really give them anything. Yeah. But if you take Wilson, if you get, like, a Trevor Ariza type, and then you take and bring Wilson Chandler off the bench. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's a formidable team. You know, so they also need, I mean, everyone keeps saying they need a shooter. They yeah. need a shooter. Well, you know, Landry Shamit is a pretty good shooter. He, he was 0 for 4 tonight on the threes, though. Um, uh, Furkan Korkmaz is a, supposed, is a pretty good shooter. He struggled as well. Yeah. But shooting typically isn't their problem. Their problem is they can't make any stops on yeah. the second unit. Yeah. So you need to, A, make a trade, and then you can bring Wilson Chandler, you know, on the bench, and then you they still have an open roster spot yeah. to where they can add another player. And also with the Sixers, too, it's when you have three guys as good as they have, you don't have to have like like Raptors like the Raptors have with like a strict five man bench unit, right? Like they can stagger those guys and have a Butler with the bench unit or a Simmons with the bench unit or Embiid with the bench and probably get by just fine. Like I do agree, just like one guy, whether it's a wing or even just another big to kind of flesh out the roster a little bit, I feel like would kind of just everyone's role gets shifted down a little bit. Instead of Shamit being a six man, he's the seventh or eighth man, and yeah. it kind of all gets knocked down. And then you can kind of have one of Butler. I mean Butler when he's played on his own. He's been really good, and he's got a, like a very high usage rate. He can carry a bench unit by himself, you would think, if he has some like decent defenders around him. So I, I agree. I don't think the Sixers are too far off, and they were right in this game for most of it, right? Like they they played really well. Butler was fantastic, and like Butler torments the Raptors all the time. So it's not exactly shocking that he was really good tonight. But yeah, that's uh, definitely if you're like stacking up the Eastern Conference right now. I think the Sixers are like they kind of get an incomplete grade. If you're trying to sort of yeah. stack up where they rank within the sort of the Celtics, Bucks, Raptors, sort of trapezoid or whatever you want to call it. So we'll have to see there. Uh, any final stray thoughts about this game before we wrap this thing? You know, I just think that it, the, the telltale was just the Sixers just need a lot. Of, I mean, they, I don't mean to be ill, but I want to be real. They <laughs> just, they're just not there yet. Yeah. I mean, they're not. You know, Brett Brown said that um, – you know, Brett Brown said that, you know, we'll see until well, – we'll wait until Christmas to have a better idea. Well, you know, you look at the bench, like you said, Landry Shamit, he can move down. Mm -hmm. You know, he's one of your better three-point shooters, and he's 0 for 4. Furkan Korkmaz, like I said, he's 1 for 4. You know, J.J. Redick, he's 5 for 12, but he shot a lot of threes. But he was negative minus 21. Yeah, he kind of got picked apart defensively. Yeah, he got yeah. picked apart. So it's one of those things where, you know, the 76ers, they just not, they're not, well, like you said, they're incomplete. Mm -hmm. But you have to believe that they're not going to be the only team that's going to add a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just that they just have to get better. I mean, it's unacceptable when you have Joel Embiid, who's an MVP candidate, 
who's uh, a minus 23. Yeah. And he shot five for 17, and he gets destroyed by the backup center. Now, again, I know JV is a starter. Yeah. But he was the backup today, and, and MB got destroyed, and MB should always win that battle. Yeah. So my biggest take from this game is that the Sixers aren't exactly – there yet. Yeah, and that's that's totally fair. Maybe they shouldn't be expected to be there yet. And maybe, you know, it's been a pretty easy schedule so far, 8-2 and two since the Butler trade before this game, but, like, not the most inspiring collection of teams that they beat. Mm-hmm. So maybe this was kind of a nice little reset to be like, okay, like, this is exciting, and they have three excellent players, and they have that part down, but the team building process is not quite done yet. Because, like, yeah, when one of the guys has a really bad night, or in this case two, like, the, when those wheels aren't spinning, then there's just not a whole lot else to kind of keep this team afloat. Um, as far as the Raptors go, final takeaways, I thought that, I mean, there were stretches of this game where I thought both teams were fantastic on defense, and it was like, okay, like, there's a lot of potential here mm-hmm. for these two teams defensively, um, and, and so the, I, I just thought the Raptors played a really impressive defensive game overall, turning the ball over, and, te- like, you know, all, how many turnovers did they force in total? 21 turnovers yeah, they forced, 21, I think they had 27 yeah. points off those turnovers, so kind of, that's, that's where they kind of hit their bread and butter, right, is when they can turn guys over and then turn that into very easy points at the other end, like they did in the last Sixers game, uh, when they forced those 11 turnovers and went on that late run. Uh, that's just kind of when the Raptors hit their peak. Also, shout out to Greg Monroe. Hasn't played in a long time. Got in six minutes this, uh, this one with uh, uh, Jonas Valanciunas having early foul trouble in the first half. He had one play where he went coast to coast and picked up a <laughs> goaltending call, and uh, that was really fun. I don't know when he the last time. control like it was. No <laughs> idea when the last time he did something like that was, but that was pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, like – Bad shooting nights all around from Danny Green, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, CJ Miles, Fred VanVleet. Like, all these guys. Like, this is the Raptors when most of their guys are cold. That's that's what's terrifying, right? Is this team, like the Sixers, is not quite complete because they still have some issues to figure out as well, um, particularly with their bench. And, and maybe tonight was a bit of a step towards that with how the bench played in the fourth quarter. Maybe we'll see some changes in Nick Nurse's rotation. But uh, altogether... A very good win for the Raptors against a good team that maybe didn't have their best night, but I think the Raptors had a big part in giving the Sixers a bit of a rough night as well. So uh, I think that's going to do it. We'll wrap this thing up. It's late, 8 o'clock start. It's already midnight. I'm ready to go to sleep. (laughs) I have a bus ride to go now, and I'm not looking forward to it. So we'll wrap it there. Keith, thanks so much for for chatting with me after this one. Hope you enjoy Toronto. Hope you're having a good time. And uh, we will... uh, Make sure you're subscribing to and rating Locked On Raptors and Locked On Sixers on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. And uh, that's it. Good night from Scotiabank Arena, which still sounds gross. AC- yeah, Good night from the ACC. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the ACC. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.